Okay, are you ready for me? Can I jump in? Okay. So as you know, we have the theme for the year over this local body, and it's called Be Ready. Be Ready. That is the prophetic word we felt the Lord speak over this local body for this year. And the question that comes to mind is be ready for what? So there's different aspects that we're looking at as a community to be ready for, but the main thing is God's glory because it's always on display. But how he wants to do that is how we position ourselves to be ready. Okay, and then tonight what we want to focus on is to be ready for joy. Last week, Darwin spoke about being ready for the spirit, So there's a build up and there's a continuation. It's not that we're just choosing random things to be ready for. The Lord is leading us as a community and building on things in our lives so that we can be ready and respond appropriately. So we're going to be looking at um, John 16, and it's on the screen, John 16, 17 to 33. If you want to get your devices or your Bibles, I suggest that you do that now because we really are going to be reading the word tonight. Um, But I wonder about you, if I say the word joy, what comes to mind for you? (laughs) What comes to mind for you? How do you define joy? So I know there's a lot of Instagram users and Pinterest users in the room. Raise your hands. I'm one of them. Yeah, no, I see you. I see them. So I just thought to start off like this. Give you a moment, just think, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you when I say joy? Do you have it? Are you good? You've got it. Okay. Here's a couple of Instagram and Pinterest things that I've seen around joy, and I want to put the first one up. Here's one. Definition, create your own joy. Okay. How many of us think that's true? And you'd walk around wearing a t-shirt like that. Okay? Create your own joy. Here's another one. Do what brings you joy. Okay? Would you wear a t-shirt like that? (laughs) I see something. It's going now. Oh, maybe. It's colorful. Okay? Here's the next one. Don't let anyone steal your joy. That one's a bit tricky, eh? Because it's like in between. It's like in between. And so we look at these things, and my question is this, is that true according to Scripture? So if we are to be ready for joy, we need to know what joy is when we're talking about joy as disciples of Jesus. Because can I tell you, the Word defines how we live It gives us our definition and meaning for words because Jesus defines those things. And he actually does define joy in John 16. He defines it for us. And I'd like us to take a look at that tonight. So think about your definition of joy. And at the end of this, if it still aligns with Jesus' definition, you're good. If it's not, (laughs) yalla, you're in trouble. Okay, (laughs) then you really need to align with his definition of joy. Can I say this before we read the scripture? In our world today, too many of us are living unjoyful lives. Hey, how big is depression in our nation at the moment? Hey, so can I tell you, 
in the scriptures, joy is mentioned 5,479 times. I'll say that again. 5,479 times. Now tell me that that's not important. Hey, very important. Okay, so let's go to John 16, verse 17 to 33. Okay, it might seem a bit long, but let's go and follow it because it's important. Okay, I'll start from verse 16. It says, Jesus went on to say, in a little while, it will be on the screens, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. At, at this, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while, you will see me no more? And then after a little while, you'll see me. Um, and because I'm going to the Father, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? See, they didn't understand. We don't understand. Huh, there's it. We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. Hmm. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when a baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you, no, in that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when you, I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name, and I'm not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because I have loved you. No, the, excuse me. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and I have believed and, and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then the disciples said, now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you believe, Jesus replied, a time is coming and in, and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will. Can I say that again? And it's in red in my Bible, so it means it's important. Um, it says, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. It's such a beautiful passage. Yes, you can just <laughs> stay and focus on this passage and your heart will not stay the same. Just to meditate on this passage and your heart will not stay the same. 
a little bit of a background. So we know that this was just before Jesus' crucifixion. So here we see that Jesus is preparing his disciples for two things. One, he's leaving them. How's this for you? They become close to Jesus in three years. They're walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, fellowshipping with Jesus. I mean, they're seeing the blind being healed, dead people being resurrected, little girls being resurrected. They're witnessing all these things with Jesus. And those are deep journeys. Those aren't your casual, let's just go to a coffee shop and have coffee. Those are deep journeys. And one day Jesus says to them, I'm leaving. How's that for you? I'm leaving. That's enough to turn someone that's very joyful into someone very sorrowful quickly. Okay? Have you ever in your life loved or journeyed with someone that has left? Has that left you with some sorrow? Here's this passage of scripture. Second thing that Jesus is preparing his disciples for is his gruesome death. Not only is he leaving them, but the way he's leaving them is not such a nice way. The crucifixion was one of the worst deaths you could experience in that day and age. And so here Jesus is. He's walked with his disciples for three years, and he's preparing them for two very painful experiences that they're going to go through. Very painful. Yet he says to them <laughs> that he's not going to leave them alone. Because if we read in the previous scripture and um, passage, he says that he's going to give them the helper, the Holy Spirit. I had a conversation with someone because we also are experiencing someone that's leaving our space. And in that space, there's a lot of people that have walked um, journeyed with this person, and I remember one of the conversations I had was this. I said to the one person, if the Lord is moving this person out of the space, what is the Lord wanting to fill that space with? And so think of your life and what you are going through currently. If there's a difficult situation that you are facing currently, what is the Lord wanting to do in that space? Because can I tell you, when the world defines joy, this is what they do. They build it, they base it on emotion. So joy is on emotion. And joy, listen to this. <laughs> joy is rooted in circumstance for the world. So if I win the lotto, and I heard this morning, Pastor Latolo speaking, that someone's actually won the lotto. So that person must be very joyful, but I doubt that's an eternal joy. It's rooted in circumstance and not in Jesus himself, not in Jesus himself. And so what is the Lord wanting to do with the pain that you're facing currently? Because here's the thing, if you look at the scripture, and I know, because I've got two little girls and I've had babies twice now and having a third one, when you go through pain, it's not that the joy replaces the pain. Please hear this. If this is the thing you catch tonight, then you're going home with something on your, you know, on your plate. Joy does not replace pain in the kingdom. Pain that we go through creates space in our lives for the joy to fill it. Can, can, I, can I say that again for you? So the amount of pain you go in 
or the amount of pain you go through in your life is actually creating capacity for the amount of joy the Lord is wanting to fill your life with. Because can I tell you, when the joy comes, you appreciate it very, very much. The scriptures tell us that for the joy set before Jesus, he endured what? The cross. The worst death you can experience, Jesus endured because of the joy set before him that we would be able to sit like this and he could reconcile us to Father. That was the joy set before. So he saw us in this auditorium when he died on the cross. How cool is that? He saw me in relationship to Father when he died on the cross for me. He was willing to do that for each and every one of us in this room so that we would be reconciled to Father. So there's three things I want to mention tonight in defining joy, kingdom joy. And the first one is this. You can put that up on the screen, Rob, thanks. A joy that is not self-manufactured. Can I say this? And I say this with all confidence. This check, I can go check at the bank. You will not find pure joy and the true definition of joy outside of Jesus. That I say with all confidence tonight. Because joy is found in the person of Jesus. And it is not self-manufactured because you can't make Jesus. He already exists. Is that okay? You can't make him. He already exists and he carries all joy. The very essence of joy, Jesus embodies and carries that. And Psalm 16 says it's in his presence that he fills me with joy. Not a temporary joy where you have to turn to a vice or to something And then it's there, it makes you feel happy for a little while, and then afterwards you drop again, you're down. Not that. It is not self-manufactured. I actually looked up while I was preparing this message, I looked up what people said. Just not even, I just looked up the world's definition of joy. And I actually, you believe it or not, I googled and found 10 steps to a joyful life. Where are we? Where are we? And can I say that? We, we might look at it and go, what? Ten steps to a joyful life. But people actually go and read those things. They actually go and read those things. And one of the things was spend more money. Spend more money, get some fresh air. Now tell someone that's seriously going through difficult to go spend more money and get some fresh air. That thing is short-lived. Hey? You, can, you can only get so much fresh air. Okay, and you can only spend so much money before you come, become depressed because you're bankrupt or you're de- in debt. So those were the definitions for the world, is spend more money. How many of us have done that? We laugh, just to feel better. How many of us have turned to music, drugs, sex, alcohol, relationships, to feel better? Now we're not laughing. Because somewhere in our journey, We've all turned to something. And as I stand in front of you now, I've also turned to stuff. I've turned to relationships. I've turned to things that have not been of the Lord to fill me with a temporary joy that cannot be found. Cannot be found. True joy outside of Jesus. So it's not self-manufactured. Will you remember that? If you really want to experience joy, 
You can't make it happen. I tell you this tonight. You can't make yourself joyful. The world is lying to you by telling you you can make yourself joyful. Don't believe them. Okay. Believe Jesus because he carries joy. Number two, it is rooted in Jesus, not circumstance. We turn to vices, we turn to things other than Jesus because it's a quick fix. It's a quick fix. So I can quickly drink the alcohol. I can quickly take a cigarette and smoke. Whatever the thing is. But I say tonight to you, that stuff, can I tell you, it leaves you empty. It leaves you empty and hurting and broken. That relationship you keep going back to and you know it's not the Lord. It's, it just keeps breaking you. Tonight I sense the Lord saying to you, I don't know if there's someone here tonight. I just sense the Lord saying to you, enough. I'm it. I'm enough for you. I'm enough for you. Come to me. Come to me. I'm enough for you. So we keep turning to those things and we feel better a little bit and then it breaks us. <laughs> and then we need something else to feel better again and then it breaks us. But if it is rooted in Jesus, he is consistent. He never changes. And who you get today is who you'll get tomorrow. You can rely on that. And so if our joy is rooted in Jesus, it doesn't matter what's happening in the world or in our personal lives because Jesus is our steadiness. He holds us. He's our anchor. He has it all together for us, and we can rely on him. In my personal life, I remember I was thinking, Lord, what testimony should I share? Because I've lived this with you, this joy. And I know for some of you who know my story, I, I lost my parents in my early 20s, and I wasn't working, still part of the Year of Your Life leadership, and it was very difficult because my dad was the breadwinner. We were four siblings. I was the oldest of four. It was just crazy. But I remember this, if I look back on that now, that when my parents died, two years apart, my dad in a car accident and my mom from a stroke, I remember this, that the, the let me say it like this, that Jesus in that sense, became enough for me. And it wasn't easy. I'm not going to lie. Anybody experienced loss it's not a joke. Grief is not a joke. Losing, and I think the disciples here experiencing Jesus' death is also it's part of that. But what I do remember is this. I remember coming home one day and sitting on my bed, and I was just crying. And I said, okay, Jesus, we can talk. I was very upset with the Lord. I just went, how could you take away my parents? I need them because it benefited me. <laughs> I need them and I remember sitting on my bed and I just closed my eyes <laughs> and all I saw was Jesus sitting on my bed and crying and he didn't say anything but he was with me and can I tell you that day something in me shifted he didn't have he didn't want to give me all the good answers he just sat there and he wept with me and there was something in that moment that made me realize that the Lord wants to be in our pain. He doesn't cause it. We live in a fallen world. We know that. But he's with us in our pain. But he doesn't want us to stay there. And can I tell you this? Confession time. If it was not for the Lord, I would be off the planet right now. I think I would have taken my own life because it would have been too much for me. Four siblings no parents, no job, not a joke. 
And I stand here today as a testimony of God's goodness because he's been my provider. He's been my father. <laughs> he's made a way for me. Hey, I've got a beautiful family now, a husband, two little girls, very happy. But it's because of Jesus. And he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come and I'll put you in a family. And guess which family he put me in? In the community of Hatfield Christian Church that I love very, very much, that has played a big role in me and my current family's life. So can I say, rooted in Jesus, not based in circumstances, now when I go through something, my eyes go directly to the Lord because I know he's brought me out of that before, he'll do it again. But if you're sitting here tonight and you've not experienced that, an encouragement towards you, whatever you're facing tonight, Please turn to Jesus. He is really your answer. I know it sounds like a cliche, but there's power in the truth. And he really is there for you in whatever you're facing. Number three, cannot be stolen. Do you remember that last Pinterest little thing that you'd want to put on your t-shirt or not? Where it says your joy, don't let anyone steal your joy. Here's the thing. If Jesus says in John 16 that no one can take it away, what does that mean? It, can, it cannot be stolen. And we live in a world that says, keep it here. Just keep it here. Everything that's good must just stay in, you know, where it's good for me. I'm not going to share it. And we also live in a world where if that person's happy, it means it's not working for me. So I'm the one that's supposed to be happy. We can't share joy because there's not too much for everyone. There's not too much wealth. There's not too much of this. We live in a space of scarcity. But can I tell you with joy, it's not that. You cannot live in a space of scarcity in terms of joy because Jesus is not scarce. Hey, there's enough of Jesus to go around. There is enough of Jesus to go around. And he wants to fill everybody's hearts with himself. So there's enough of him that I don't have to go keep it here. Just keep it here. So if Jesus is making me happy, I just keep it here. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom. Joy that comes from Jesus there's something inside of us that wants to share the joy. Because I know this Jesus, because I know the truth of who he is, I want to give it to the next person. I want to give that hope to the next person. Not with the world. The world says, do not let anyone steal your joy, as if it can be stolen when it's in Jesus. Hey? It cannot be stolen, but it can be shared when it's in Jesus. Will you take note of that? It can be shared. And can I tell you, you will see a disciple of Jesus by the way they share their joy. Because if I want to ask you, if you really want to know if someone's been in the presence of the Lord, and I'm not talking, ah, oh, funny, off the roof, happy, clappy. That's not what I'm calling. I'm talking about that joy that's a strength. What do we have to offer the world when the world is going through brokenness? What do we have to offer the world when the world is going through depression and discouragement? Do you have something to offer the world? If it's not Jesus, it's not worth offering. Because he is the answer. There's something in Jesus that is permanent and eternal. And that's what we can give. But we cannot give what we don't have. Do not be fooled. We cannot give what we don't have. And so my question to you tonight is, are you filled with the joy of the Lord and can you offer that to someone else? Can you? If not, 
then tonight may the Lord fill you with his joy. And if you really have been battling in this space of, Lord, I don't know what your joy means. I don't know how to have joy. I've been turning to other things. There may tonight be that night where your joy is made complete in him. Because can I tell you, the disciples were prepared for what they went through. And it wasn't easy. It was, as Jesus said, you will be scattered. But in the end, do you know that we would not be sitting in this room if it was not for the disciples spreading the gospel? And so each of us are sitting in this room, hearing from the Lord tonight about his joy. And how can we share that? How can we share that gospel, that joyful gospel to those that we know? So I actually want to do something intentional tonight. I want you to think, is there something I've been turning to that has not been Jesus for my joy? Just give you a moment. Now I want you to think, is that thing sustainable? Is it sustainable? Is that something you would offer someone else that's battling with joy, that's battling and going through pain? If not, then it's time tonight to lay that thing down and to go, God, I want true joy that can only be found in your presence. You can put up the next slide. Thanks, Rob. I love this picture. It says, you will fill me with joy in your presence. And that's what it looks like. It's not drips of water. It's gushing water. So maybe make a note on your phone, the thing that you think you've been turning to that tonight you need to lay down. As I, and I'm going to give us a time to pray. And then I don't want it to end there. Are you okay for me to take it a step further? Okay, so tonight two things. The one thing you're letting go of is what you've been turning to joy for. That is not the Lord. So that you can receive your joy from him. Okay? Then the next step is this. Is there someone you know that you can show that you can share the joy of the Lord with? Because I can guarantee you this. He says, ask in this passage of scripture and you will receive. So if you ask him for your joy, which we're going to do tonight, we'll receive it. But I want us to take a moment now, and I'm going to ask the Lord to give us one person. First person who pops up in your head, that's the person. Okay, so don't you decide, oh, I don't like that person, I actually want to choose this person. Don't do that, okay? It's the first person that's popped up in your head, write your, their name down on your phone. And just in this week, that you, that you would share the joy of Jesus and what he means to you with them. Is that okay? Okay, so I'm going to pray for us now, and we're going to lay those things down that's not, not of the Lord that we've been looking at for joy. And then I'm going to pray that you'd have enough courage and boldness to share some joy, kingdom joy, with someone that needs it, that you are aware of. Okay, Father, we want to come before you now. And thank you for the joy set before you. You endured the cross, Lord, which was not an easy thing, but you saw each and every one of our faces before you. <laughs> and your deep love for the Father and your deep love for us 
made you go through what you went through. And Father, tonight we, you have shown us that joy is not self-manufactured. Joy is rooted in Jesus and not circumstance. And joy is, <laughs> it cannot be stolen. It is permanent in you. Father, where we have turned to things that have not been of you, I ask that you would forgive us. To just where you are, will you make that thing right with the Lord? Just say, sorry, Jesus. We want to turn to you, where your word says in Psalm 16, that in your presence you will fill us with joy. And you are joy. And so we want you, Jesus. You, we want you to fill us with your joy. We lay those things down and we come to you and ask you for your joy that cannot be stolen, that is everlasting. And thank you, Lord, that because it cannot be stolen, we can share it. Because part of the joy is the harvest of brothers and sisters coming to know you and the joy of who you are. And so in this week, Lord, we, we have thought of a name now. I pray that you would give us wisdom and help us to share joy with that person. Whether it, whether it is an act of kindness, a prayer, a phone call, a word of encouragement, or sharing the gospel and helping someone come into the kingdom. Help us to be brave and courageous to do that thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's a bit of a heavy word, but it's a good one because of what our world is going through with all the lack of joy at times. And so my prayer for you is bless you. Have a wonderful week. But please lay down those things that don't bring joy and help share the joy for the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to the service tonight. God bless.